Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Are we credible? Are we real? Are we authentic? Is what you see, what you get. Now remember, none of us are perfect. But see, I want to pass along a character. You can pass along a billion dollar life insurance policy to your kids. But if you claim to be a Christ follower and never really matched it, you've missed passing on what's valuable. The money is useless. Let's face it, the world is full of phonies. It's harder, much harder, to find someone who isn't wearing a mask for others than the opposite. Everybody complains about the fakeness of the modern world, but nobody seems to want to change the way things are. Christ followers seem to be no better. So, how do you make the changes in your life you know you should? Listen to Pastor Mark as he teaches about the character of God and the responsibility you have to live that way and pass it on to your children. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, The Faith of the Patriarchs and Moses. Let's open to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Sometimes we're pretty good at making excuses for things in our lives. I just wanted to challenge you with a true story. You have no clue who he is. But he's 101 years old, and he's getting ready to run the 26-mile marathon over in England. Now, any excuse you had that you can't exercise (laughs) is all gone. Would you agree? You got to be kidding me. 101 years old? Man, oh man, that challenged me. So, no more excuses as we move through this. He's training. He's already done a half a marathon. He did it in five hours and 13 minutes. So, 13 miles in five hours and 13 minutes. 101 Some of us, when you get out of the house and just get into the far parking lot out here, you're wondering if you're going to make it or not. Pastor Mike, where's the buses so they can take us three rows over here? I'm challenging you. Now, what that means when I look at this man, by the way, about three years ago in the mid-90s, he got bored and he learned to become a plumber. So he took a new trade, <laughs> middle of the 90s. You can see him under the sink, right? Amazing. Well, this passage that we're looking at is about the Jewish patriarchs 
who knew the importance of finishing well. They just didn't like get to 62 and go, I'm getting my Medicare, getting my insurance, I'm all taken care of, just going to sit back and kind of kick back and go to heaven when I die. No, they were finishing well. And of course, they were finishing well, by the whole topic of Hebrews 11, by faith. They hadn't seen all the things that God had for them. Now, I want to give you a passage because we're talking about the patriarchs and their children and their grandchildren. Here's a verse that we find in the Bible in Malachi. It's a real challenge to all of us. And I think it should speak to you and me. God says this in Malachi 2.15, I'm looking for godly parents to produce godly offspring. You see, God knew that the family was the environment to shape a child. And of course, we understand that. And as you are parents or grandparents, you're still an influence. They're still watching you. And you, whether you're a parent or a grandparent, you want to finish well. You want to be able to say, look at my life. You can see what God is still doing in my life. I challenged Bo the other day, and he was doing a teaching, and you've heard me say this before, died at 50, buried at 73. You see, much of the world, they don't do much in their last few years. And as parents and grandparents, the patriarchs are a perfect example of finishing strong and finishing well. We know that, for instance, uh, the young learn kind of our conscience. It's formulated that things of right or wrong begin somewhere around the age of four, that our children are being processed with all of this. And their view of God starts early. So it's nothing wrong with singing to our kids and being able to read the Bible gently and as younger children, that they get to see who God is, not just from time we read to them or sing to them, but as they watch our life, they begin to formulate who God is. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, go down to verse 20, we're going to see that Isaac is almost dead, and notice what he does. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. See, Isaac knew, as always, we're passing a torch along to the next generation. So are you. And after Abraham had passed the test, Isaac came along, father of Jacob, Esau. Through Isaac, God began to fulfill that promise to Abraham of the countless descendants. You remember, Isaac had twins, Jacob and Esau. Before they were born, God made a change. He said to Rebekah, the boys would become the source of two nations. The older one would serve the younger one. Esau would serve Jacob. Now, that's very different. God chose a younger son. 
to continue the fulfillment. You see, God has a plan for your children. It's a unique plan. And as you think about this, as Isaac is getting ready to die and leave the earth, he had faith, even at that point, in the promises of God. And he had faith enough to know that the promises of God were going to be transferred to his two sons. And so he blessed them. First thing I want you to write is this. Faith in God allows us to trust him for our children's future. Now, if you're a grandparent you're, and your kids are already halfway through their life, of course, you still have influence for them, but you definitely do for the grandchildren. Remember, before your children were born, God already had it mapped out for them. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that God has the plan of God for each one of us already, the works already ready to go. It's already in place. And so, really, the Heavenly Father of my, Lynn and I, our, our grandchildren, the three that we have, well, really, God's their father. He's their grandpa. And I know I can entrust our children and our grandchildren into the loving hands and wisdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean we don't keep praying for them. We certainly do. We bring them up before God. And you continue to pray that God would be with them. Look at verse 21. By faith, by faith, same word again, faith, Jacob, when he was dying, notice, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons. And... What is he doing as he dying? He worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. What a way to go out. When you think of Jacob, that's probably not what I think of. I think of old Jacob. Remember him? Deceiver. Always somebody conniving. But as you begin to see, at the close of Jacob's life, Things are different. As the sun is going down in his life, you begin to see that God has been working through him and changing him. I hope that's what's happening in your life. I want that to be happening in my life. As some of us in this room have way more behind us than in front of us, you don't have to think of that negative. That just means we're closer to heaven. And as we get there, we still want to be, because we are, maybe we don't know it, people of influence. We want to be godly. Now, you young people say, well, this has nothing to do with me. No, you never know, because we never know when we're going to leave this earth. So we want to be a person of influence at all times. Now, because you see Jacob being a worshiper at the end, It's just another picture of God's grace, many second chances, and he's included in this chapter. Jacob's sons, as you know, had become the fathers of Israel's 12 tribes. Before he died, Jacob blessed not just Joseph, but his grandsons Ephraim and Manasseh, the two sons of Joseph. And just like in Isaac's case, Jacob was directed by God to do, again, something very different, to bless the younger over the older. Isaac 
trusted God by faith rather than the wisdom of man. I think this is good for you to write. One of the dangers of getting older is that we think we have life figured out. We have all the principles. We all know everything, how it's going to work or whatever. But you have to be careful because we need to be listening to God. It is good to get older. We do have wisdom. But be careful you stop asking God. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, and 7 is not written for people 40 and under. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and God will direct your path. So as we get older, we have to continue to seek the wisdom of God. We have to be fearful in our lives that we would step out and not be in the will of God. So here God, in both of these last cases, he does something very different, blessing the younger son over the older. Now, turn to Hebrews, you're right there, look back at verse 13. As these men are dying, this is an encouragement to us. As these men are dying, they're not perfect men. There are none. They're not perfect women. But they were trusting God. Notice verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. What a way to go. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted they were aliens and strangers on the earth. So they never got to see the fulfillment of God's promises, but they passed the promise of God on to their children. And their children would pass it on to their children. And here we are today in the generations that we have seen all this. Of course, 2,000 years ago, they saw the Messiah come. They saw the fulfillment of the promise in the Garden of Eden. They saw the cross. They saw the resurrection. Many of them walked with Jesus. They approached him. They were changed. They were healed by Jesus. But these individuals never got to see it, but they passed along the faith, the faith to their children. So, I think this is the challenge I want to give every single one of us tonight. doesn't matter whether you're young or old. Here's the challenge. Let's finish well. Don't get sidelined. Don't become mixed up in letting the world squeeze you into its mold. We've started well. Starting well is not enough. We need to finish well. Maybe some of your parents said, you're just frustrated with your younger children and you're losing patience. Let God strengthen you. Some of you have teenagers. And you need God's wisdom. And it isn't going the way you thought it would go. Don't lean to your own understanding. Continue to pray for those. Many of you here have prodigals. They've walked down their own road. You had to let them do that. That's what happened with you. And they've made wrong choices. Jacob made a lot of wrong choices. He ends up in chapter 11. See, he didn't start well, but he finished well. Have faith that the prodigals that you have can come. Notice what Romans 1.17 says. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Let me read this to you. How well... We end our earthly days depends largely on how well we handle life's inevitable 
changes. We proceed from infancy to childhood, to adolescence, to adulthood. As adults, we move rapidly through the changes from singleness to marriage, from parenthood to becoming grandparents, from getting ahead at work to the place where we peak and start going down the ladder. Our relationships change. Parents, uncles, aunts, other members of their generation that we knew, friends of ours, grow old and die. Our children grow up and move out. And some of you say, I'm looking forward to that day. The parents of our generation leave us one by one. We know that our own death is not far down the road. So how do we handle that? We handle it like we started, by faith. Because we already know where we're going. The future is already secure. If you're a Christ follower, the future is your friend. It's not an enemy. To depart and be with Christ is far better than anything we could know here. So we have all these changes. They continue to go on in all of our lives. It's interesting to me, as we're thinking about passing things on to our children, let me read you a little stuff from the Jewish part. At death, most of us in this room, we're not even close to that, but we have a will. If you're an older person, 35 and 40, whatever, and have children, you should have a will. We have a will that specifies where our earthly possessions will go. Many of us do that, but leaving a legacy has nothing to do with a house or a boat or your life insurance. What we want to leave our children is who we are in Christ Jesus. You say, well, when my kids were raised, I didn't really know the Lord. I came to know the Lord after they left. That's all right. You can still have influence them now. Nothing wrong with leaving them some things in your will. That's fine. But what you want to leave them is your faith that you have. They can see that. In the Jewish tradition, it's interesting, they have something called ethical wills, in which they pass on to the next generation, especially the children. They say this, we want to pass on the gift of wisdom, gift of good wishes. And they say this is much more important than property. I want to say for a Christian... What you want to pass on to your children and grandchildren is not really just good wishes. It's good faith. Faith that has proven itself in your life. You see, in our world, and I'm sorry to say this, even in the Christian world, character has become a strange animal. It's almost absent in many parts of the Christian world. And I want to challenge you, and I just want you to write them down. Those of you who have been through the leadership, you've already heard some of this, but I think it's very important for all of us. What do I want to pass on to my children and grandchildren all their life? Well, number one, character. What is character? The attributes or features that make up and distinguish an individual. So character can be defined in two things. What God wants us to become, that's all the attributes that God wants us to become. Honest, humble, loving, all of those things. Second, what we want to become, that's character. What God wants me to become and what I want to become. By the way, one and two should match. You should be what God wants you to be. And all of those fall back on the real attributes of God. Faithfulness, like I said, humility, joy. A person 
And let me give you two other words. When you think of these two words, do you think of the church and do you think of Christianity? Here's the two words, credible and authentic. Well, what is credible? Credible is simply this, means to be believable. Let me ask you while you're writing these down. Do you think that the church, by and large, is credible and authentic? Well, what is the church? A building isn't credible or authentic. Church is people. So ask yourself, what do the individuals outside of this church think? Are we credible? Are we real? Are we authentic? Is what you see what you get? Now, remember, none of us are perfect. But see, I want to pass along a character. You can pass along a billion-dollar life insurance policy to your kids. But if you claim to be a Christ follower and never really matched it, you've missed passing on what's valuable. The money is useless. So think about your own life tonight and think about mine the same. Credible. Authentic. Authentic simply means genuine, real, not phony, not fake. One thing here, something over there. I use the illustration when I taught the leadership class, maple syrup. You buy a bottle of maple syrup. You look at it. How much maple's in the syrup? You know, it's 20 ounces for 99 cents. It's all maple syrup. It's authentic. It's real, isn't it? There's a little asterisk. It'll say, maple what? Flavoring. In other words, it just passed the tree at one point in its life. That's about as good as it did. It just passed by. Hi, maple. Here we go. Well, that's not real. If you're going to buy authentic maple syrup, it's going to say on there what? 100% maple syrup. And by the way, it's not 99 cents. It's going to cost you a fortune for it. Okay? You just drink that and forget the pancakes because that's your meal. You can't afford anything else. Now think about this. Just ask yourself a question. In the end of his life, what did Jacob pass on to his sons? Now early on, he wasn't authentic. He wasn't real. He wasn't credible. But as he approached later on in life, God worked on him. I don't know whether you saw this, and I thought it was very interesting. We have to be careful in our hearts. We don't judge other people. But you saw just what happened with the governor of New York recently. And it's devastating to the world. Because here's somebody, and it looks like that's who this is. Out there, campaigning, doing away with all the things he's privately what? Doing. And so then we put in the assistant governor. And did you see what came out the next day? Well, they had to admit they became very proactive. Yes, my wife and I both have had many affairs. So we put number two in. And then I read an editorial, which I thought was really interesting. The editorial said this, at least he's proactive. Now that people know that they've had lots of affairs, nobody really cares anymore. Well, well, that isn't really right. Today, Pastor Mark challenged you to finish your spiritual race well. 
He taught about the patriarchs and how at the end of their lives, literally the last thing some of them did, they were encouraging their children and grandchildren to walk with God. He found out that there isn't a spiritual retirement plan. God expects every one of his children to finish strong. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In his next teaching, Pastor Mark will bring the faith of the patriarchs and Moses to a close. You'll talk again about the importance God places on finishing this life with a flourish. You'll hear about one of the pitfalls for Christ followers, especially those who have been walking with God for a long time. Pastor Mark will teach about the best legacy you can leave your descendants. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.